The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Annex Wealth Management is a proud member of the Barron's Top Advisor List and the Financial Times Top 300. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust. Good morning. Here we go. Annex Wealth Management Show is on the air for Sunday, March 8th. First off, we want to say it's daylight saving time. So you might be thinking that you're listening to a different show, but maybe that's good that we're on at this time. Right? Yeah, I yeah. would think so, right? I think we just jumped ahead an hour, right? Yeah. So we get a so little extra sunlight this Listen, afternoon. if you've never met us, we're Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only fiduciary in the next 30 minutes. And there's another question we get. Why only 30 minutes? But that's what we're starting with. That's what we're happy with. And we're glad to be here on 92.5 Fox News. I'm Danny Clayton, Mark Oswald, our Chief Compliance Officer. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Derek Felsky, uh, you got a, no, you got robbed of an hour of sleep last night, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Good morning, Danny. Our Chief Investment Officer and David J. Spano, President and CEO. Good morning. Yes, sir. How are you? I'm good. Whipsaw, roller coaster. What should we use to describe last week? Yeah, I think all of those. And if you think about where we were for the entire week, if you told somebody uh, that we were positive for the week, they would think that you were smoking something funny. But, you know, for certain, it has been a ride. I think the most historic of it all is really what has happened in the 10-year Treasury market. I mean, the the fact that it went from about 1% and it touched on Friday at 0.66. I think there might have been another six another at six the end, yeah. but uh, then it rallied in an hour. In the last hour of trading, it went from 0.66 to 0.77. That is an unbelievable percentage move for a treasury, Derek. And I have to tell you, that's probably the place to start because you have to say, for when you're looking at equities, interest rates are a way to value equities, and, and we do look at that. No, we do. I mean, one of the one of the key inputs in any kind of dividend discount model, which is one way to value future cash flows, is, is interest rates. And if you were to assume that interest rates were in made at this level or close to these levels for an extended period of time, you can build a very compelling case that the price earnings multiple on the S&P 500 should be significantly higher. Right. And so you think about that, Mark, and the fact that if you want yield, you're certainly not going to go and and invest your money for 10 years for 0.66 or 0.77. You can go buy a whole basket of stocks, in fact, as a wide array as the S&P 500 and get a much higher yield. And that's generally what we're going to see in And so the second thing I want to change direction is there was a really good piece of economic news that came out on Friday morning. Well, that was a jobs number. When you start thinking about this economy, and and this is a number that's pre-coronavirus to a certain extent, and 273,000 jobs added. We saw wages going up about 3% on an annualized basis. That's really, you know, an underpinning of a really healthy economy. Now, will we get those numbers with the, the economy staggered a little bit by this virus? I don't know if the next monthly numbers are going to be good or not, but this was a great number. It really was. And so all of these things together, there is this struggle that's going back and forth between fear and greed. We did see it in the last hour, but that is it is a number that people can Google, Derek, and take a look at, and it does tell a story. Yeah, the fear and greed index is basically an amalgamation of six different indicators that reflect not what people are saying on TV and what it's what investors are actually doing. It looks at credit spreads. It looks at uh, put-call ratios. It looks at momentum of stocks versus bonds and the rest. And this oscillates from zero to 100. Uh, on December, on Christmas Eve of 2018, the fear and, in, fear and greed index got to two, which is the lowest number I had ever seen. And on, on Friday, 
about an hour before the close, I looked at what the fear and greed indicator was, and it was at five. And that generally is a time to really take a hard look at what you own and add to ex- add exposure opportunistically. Right. And so a zero to, to 10, it obviously is a very fearful part of the market. We did see in the 90s, maybe about a month ago, right. and that was probably a time to take something off. But either way, Mark, when you take a look at this, the interest rates are low. We saw what is happening with oil prices in the 40s. I saw one analyst said we might get into the 30s. So what is the outcome of that would be very low gas prices, low interest rates. And so if you can see your way past this, it might be a month, it might be six months, but there's an opportunity to take a look at your portfolio because there will be opportunities coming forward. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think that one of the risks that people don't talk about often enough is behavioral risk. And that risk really is is that you behave, you do something rash. You, you take an action in your portfolio at exactly the wrong time. You know, you look at all the talking heads and you can't, you know, you can't read a newspaper here in town and not learn about some bad news going on in the economy. But there's so much good that's going on, too. And as with most things, this, too, shall pass at some point in time. So I think the takeaway is not to subject yourself to behavioral risk by doing something right now in your portfolio that's going to damage your long-term financial plan. And I think maybe that's the takeaway from the entire show. There's, there's no question. And so you can say, where are the p- possibilities that we can invest? And we see, see things like Staples, Costco, Home Depot, yep. things that people will buy. And of course, the things that are going to be challenged are travel, our hotels, people right. are canceling conferences. So maybe that's not the market. But when you take a look at your portfolio, the most important thing is, as Mark just said, don't do anything rash. Know what you own why you own it, and how much you're paying for it. Good stuff, Dave. Thank you very much. If you would like that free portfolio analysis, you can start at AnnexWealth.com. Just click that Get Started button. Read a little bit about us. We've got the whole story up there. A fee-only fiduciary, a Barron's top advisor, four-time member of the Financial Times, top 300. We have built this place with a team concept, the estate planning team, the investment team, the tax team. It's all yours with Annex Wealth Management. Again, head to AnnexWealth.com and click that Get started button. Here's more to come. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. This is Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. It's time to put an investment and retirement plan in place and on target. It's time to gain clarity and understanding and move toward your goals with confidence. It's time to get started with Annex Wealth Management. Head to AnnexWealth.com and click the Get Started button. Put the Annex team to work and see the difference. Our investment, financial planning, tax, and estate teams will demonstrate clear thinking and produce sound recommendations. The best part? We work in your best interest as a fee-only fiduciary. Our commitment runs so deep, we put it in writing for every client. Does your advisor do that? 2020 is going to be quite a year. Between the impact of the SECURE Act to the November election, be ready with a solid financial plan from a team focused on client goals not handing you a list of commission products to buy. Know the difference. Team Tech Trust. Head to AnnexWealth.com. I'm Dave Spano, and I hope to see you soon. Team Tech Trust and a fee-only fiduciary model that works in your best interest. Can your advisors say that? This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Know the difference, Team Tech Trust. 
discordant retirement. That's a thing. It sounds like a marital spat, but it really just describes a phenomenon retirement researchers have been digging into lately, the fact that few married couples retire at the same time. Deanne Phillips is here to talk about this. She's Director of Client Learning and Development at Annex Wealth Management, as well as the CFP and a CDFA Certified Divorce Financial Analyst. Welcome back, Deanne. Hey, thanks for having me. Discordant retirement. This is a thing. It really is. Retirement's very complex. Years ago, people were tired when they retired. And here, we talk about retirement in multiple stages. And psychologists, of course, have talked about this a lot. We call it when you first retire your go-go years, where first you're in the honeymoon stage. You have that honey-do list. You have the things that you always dreamed about doing. And then your slower-go years, then your no-go years, right? Slower-go and no-go make a little bit more sense, but it's those go-go years. And when you hit that at different ages and you've got one spouse, usually the wife who's still potentially working, there's a whole different phase that you can go through. And that is rediscovering yourself and how you're going to spend that money in that very first part of retirement. So you see this all the time. What would you say is the percentage of couples who do not retire at the same time? Well, there was a recent survey by Fidelity Investments that found that about 43%, so almost half of married couples, disagreed about the age they'll retire. You know, the average age of retirement is 63, but that's a difficult statistic to answer, Danny, because half of those people go back to work in some capacity. So everybody really goes through a phase of defining what is retirement. You know, we saw about 10 years ago a slew of um, the younger baby boomers who might have lost their jobs. There There was downsizing that was happening. And when you're down size in your late 50s, early 60s, you're kind of faced with the decision then, do I want to go ahead and find something in my old field? Will I be able to? Will there be, even if it's not mentioned, some sort of what I feel is age discrimination or do I just slip into retirement now? So discordant retirement's been around for a while. The question is, you know, how do people pick themselves up from their bootstraps and get beyond that first self-identification phase? What's the problem if they can't agree on when they're going to retire? Uh, that it's, okay. it's really a psychological answer, okay. that question. When my parents retired, my dad retired first, my mom worked for another couple of years, and it seemed just fine. Was that their generation? Yeah, it really is. So greatest generation, when women entered the workforce during that generation, it was a, a little bit of different assumptions. They still were making that bridge to, remember, women didn't sit on boards much mm-hmm. then. They didn't run companies as much then. So it was really making that bridge bridge to being outside of the traditional June Cleaver role and really working. So it was a little bit easier for them to, I'm making generalization here, but to slip back into that supportive role in the home later on. Now you flash forward to the Gen Xers and certainly the Gen Ys and you look at our generation as Gen Xers, Danny, you know, the women, of course we were going to, for the most part, go to college and work a full time, have a career. And women's and, and men's brains, because we're wired differently. Women are just so used to having that multitasking, you know, we have to have the, we're the caretaker, maybe our aging parents, the kids, we're the ones who have to have the kids, right? And so we take time off for that a little bit, potentially. We have our friends, we have our social experience. When we look at how men generate, we're operating into that retirement. It really depends on their personality type. But remember, someone who's an A-type personality does not stop being 
an A-type personality in retirement. We're talking about discordant retirement with Deanne Phillips. There's a discordant phase. One spouse works uh, longer than another. We should talk about great financial planning because that's what Annex Wealth Management does. And this is where really you get into eligibility for pensions or when are you going to start taking Social Security distributions? When do you start pulling from that bucket? Right. So obviously there's a lot of financial decisions that have to be made as you are moving up to the point where you're deciding upon retirement, whether or not you're retiring at the same age or not. But if there is that discordance, if one spouse is going to continue working and the other does happen to retire early uh, before the age of 65, let's call that early from a healthcare point of view, because that's when you can take Medicare, right? That's when it can kick in. So you have to look at things as a financial planner, like your healthcare benefits, your Medicare benefits, what that bridge is going to look like and what that expense will be. So we talked about planning. Also, we need to talk about vision. We do ask our clients, you know, are you thinking that you're going to age in place? And what that really means is if you're going to do a major revision remodeling and you're in your late 50s, early 60s, are you going to stay there or why are you doing it? You know, what's your thought behind it? It's never too early to begin the discussion of how you envision your downtime together. You know, as, as a certified divorce financial analyst, you know, unfortunately, we've really seen the rise of gray divorce. That's divorce in people over the age of 50 because they have this discordant timing and or thought on what that's going to look like that you're going to want to start a conversation with with your spouse. Deanne Phillips, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. This is Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management, where we ask you to know the difference. The Wall Street Journal has published a list of questions to ask your financial advisor. The very first one is, are you a fiduciary and are you willing to put that in writing? We've been asking people listening to our show to do that for years. That's just one of the ways to know the difference between financial advisors. People come to us every day with what I call a mishmash. Statements here and there, overlapping investments, no consolidation. Annex Wealth Management can clean that up and put it in order. Our team of investment, tax, and estate planners will work to make sure your plan is clear and coordinated. If this makes sense to you, or if you want a second opinion on your investments and retirement planning, go to AnnexWealth.com. You can learn more there or simply hit the Get Started button and start the process. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. I hope we see you soon. Team, tech, trust, and a fee-only fiduciary model that works in your best interest. Can your advisor say that? This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Know the difference? It's Team Tech Trust. This is a team segment deeding a home to somebody. Easy peasy, right? Well, maybe not. Jill Martin's our estate planning attorney at Annex. She heads our estate planning team, and she's joining us to talk about this. Hello, Jill. Hi, Danny. For starters, what's the typical reason someone would deed a property to somebody else? And first off, I should say, is deeding basically you're giving ownership to the other person? Yes. So that's a good point, right? If, if we're transferring real estate from one person to another, that's done through a deed, right? That's recorded with the Register of Deeds office that shows when title passes from one person to another. Who are these amazing people that give things away like this? Well, you'd be surprised. A lot of people do, especially when we're talking about having a second property up north or a vacation home somewhere, right? That's a legacy asset that a lot of times people want to make sure stays in the family. What happens is there's more than just doing the deed to get the house transferred to someone else. So this is not like a DIY project that involves a little bit of paperwork and somebody that knows how to do that. It, it does involve paperwork. And if it's something where you're in the real estate industry and you do this a lot, 
lot, sure, you could do it yourself. Generally, what you need to do is a deed. There's a variety of different types of deeds, though, so you're going to need to know which type of deed you're doing. Then there's also going to be a transfer tax return, which it's called a real estate transfer tax return in Wisconsin, where you're paying a tax to transfer that property. Some don't have a fee, some do, so you're going to have to be familiar with that process. And then the other complicating factor is, is, is there still a mortgage or a home equity line on that property? Because the bank is not going to just let you transfer it to whoever you want if you're still on the hook for a liability attached to that. Okay, my DIY project means changing a, a faucet. I'm not doing something like that. That sounds difficult. So is deeding a property to somebody else, does that mean it's, it, is it viewed as a gift? Is this a transaction? It, it can be. It absolutely can be. Unless you are getting paid for whatever you're giving to another person, it's a gift, right? So if I have a piece of real estate that's worth $100,000 and I'm going to put you on the deed as a co-owner with me, I'm making a gift of $50,000 worth of value to you unless you pay me that $50,000, right? So that's actually a legal gift when we just add people on to title. And so that's where things get really, really complicated, that we have to be very cautious about what are we doing and why. This is more of a question for our tax team, but could you just like sell it for a dollar? I've seen that. So unfortunately, that's still a gift because you're selling it at less than fair market value. So again, if I went out on the street and found someone to buy that house for me, right, I'm going to get fair market value for that. So if I sell it to somebody for a dollar, that's an implied gift because I didn't get full market value for so it. So somebody's thought of this before. I'm they just, have, I'm and the IRS has caught people on this. <laughs> yeah. So, Jill Martin's our estate planning attorney at Annex. We're talking about deeding property to somebody else. I've got to guess that you've seen cases where it's done improperly and somebody needs to go in and clean it up. Well, it, improperly or maybe without all of the thought process that goes behind what are the ramifications of this gift. A lot of times we see this in a scenario where mom and dad want to protect the house from a long-term care event. So they don't want to have to sell their house to pay for long-term care, right? So what do they do? They transfer the house to their three kids and they still get to live in it. Okay, that might not be a bad idea, but there are tax consequences that come along with that, especially if it gets more and more complicated the more kind of bells and whistles we try and put on that transaction. So just giving the house to your kids so that you're protected, we have to watch for the five-year look-back period for Medicaid. We have to watch, is that gift really included in mom and dad's estate or not? Because if not, they don't. then the kids don't get what we call that step up in basis when mom and dad die. So if the kids turn around and sell that house, there's capital gain implications that come along with it. So just deciding that you're going to deed the property over to your kids comes with a lot of other things that we need to think about. It's not as simple as it sounds. So there's a clean or best way to do this. And I'm guessing that anybody that's considering that, you got to put a team to, to work because it affects a portfolio. It affects tax status, I guess, in certain ways. And you got to have a capable estate attorney. Your usual advice is let's just start at the beginning? Yeah. Usually when people are starting to contemplate planning, whether it's Medicaid protection planning or it's that second vacation home that they want to get to the next generation now, 
it's important to make sure we're crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's. So we want to talk to an estate planning attorney and even maybe a real estate attorney to make sure we're doing it in the most tax efficient manner, but also to make sure that we're doing it legally appropriately so that we don't have issues that come up later. And it's not like we're trying to throw a bunch of different attorneys into the room. We're just trying to do it right. Correct. Right. And what happens is, is if you do this by yourself, it can get messy. And then to your point, there's all of a sudden unintended ramifications that come down the line for family members way after the fact. Oh, I'm a big fan of hiring a pro. That's for sure. Thank you. This is good. Jill Martin, estate planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management, talking about deeding property to somebody else. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome, Danny. This is Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. It's time to put an investment and retirement plan in place and on target. It's time to gain clarity and understanding and move toward your goals with confidence. It's time to get started with Annex Wealth Management. Head to AnnexWealth.com and click the Get Started button. Put the Annex team to work and see the difference. Our investment, financial planning, tax, and estate teams will demonstrate clear thinking and produce sound recommendations. The best part? We work in your best interest as a fee-only fiduciary. Our commitment runs so deep, we put it in writing for every client. Does your advisor do that? 2020 is going to be quite a year. Between the impact of the SECURE Act to the November election, be ready with a solid financial plan from a team focused on client goals not handing you a list of commission products to buy. Know the difference. Team Tech Trust. Head to AnnexWealth.com. I'm Dave Spano, and I hope to see you soon. Cut through the clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. Team Tech Trust and a fee-only fiduciary model that works in your best interest. Can your advisors say that? This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Know the difference? It is Team Tech Trust, Barron's top advisor, four-time member of the Financial Times Top 300, fee-only fiduciary partner, AnnexWealth.com is our website. Just click that Get Started button. You're listening to the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. I'm Danny Clayton. Mark Oswald, our chief compliance officer, is here. Our chief investment officer, Derek Felsky, and our president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management, Dave Spano. Thanks, Danny. You know, there's a lot of things that are happening at the government level. Of course, we're seeing what's happening with the health care officials. We certainly are looking forward to any news of about some fiscal moves, but for sure, we've seen a monetary move. We all saw that the Federal Reserve lowered interest rates in an emergency meeting by 50 basis points. But folks, that's not the whole story. The Federal Reserve is going to meet on March 17th, Derek, and when that happens, we expect more news. Right. Right now, the Fed Fund futures mark is expecting another 50 basis point cut at that meeting and a subsequent cut of 25 basis points at a later meeting. So clearly, the Fed remains an accommodative mode. And so, you know, when you put all the pieces together and compare this to what we saw in 2018, when that fear and greed index was at two, we have a Fed that's accommodative, not tightening. We have a housing market that is improving. And now with mortgage rates on a 15 year at 265, you got to think that the housing market's going to do quite well going forward once people are confident enough to go out and look for homes. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and also on top of that, we don't have the trade fears and we have valuations relative to treasuries that are almost unprecedented levels. You know, about a week ago, 
and in fact, even probably for the last two weeks, Mark, we said, you know, when these type of things happen, the S&P, as crazy as it does act and as insane as it acts sometimes, we are looking at some numbers. And we like to put numbers when there's a time of fear. And one of those things is what was the low that the S&P 500 put in? We saw that number in around 2850 or so. We got pretty close on Friday. Well, you did. And and that's, you know, you talk about retesting of the market. So the market will, you know, goes down. We got into correction territory. Then we had, you know, those big thousand point day up, 1200 point days up. And then, you know, you get out of correction territory and the market wants to check itself and wants to go back and say, are we sure it's time to go back to moving forward? So it's a really natural thing to have this happen. It doesn't always happen. It didn't happen in 2018. It didn't happen, you know, in previous years to that. I mean, but it sometimes does, it, it does, does generally happen. It gets pretty close, even right. if it's not right on the number. Right. So this is kind of a natural thing, too. So and, and again, when you start thinking about your portfolio and what you own and why you own it, when you have corrections like this, it's an excellent time to go back and look at your portfolio and rebalance and reallocate that portfolio again. And so we think about the other numbers that we take a look at, Derek, and one of the things is the volume. The volume certainly was much higher last Friday than it was just this past Friday. So that does begin to suggest that some of the fear selling is beginning to exhaust itself. And when that happens, we look at volume. We look at advancing and declining numbers. And so, again, the backdrop, of course, that the Federal Reserve, what did you call it? I think you called it a put. I like that. The Federal Reserve is standing behind us. And near the close on Friday, one of the Fed governors actually came out and discussed other tools. He didn't. He wasn't particularly specific, but I think one thing the Fed has learned from the experience in Europe is that negative interest rates does nothing for your economy. It causes banks to retrench and, l- and lending to basically dissipate. Uh, so whatever those tools are, I would imagine they would have something to do with you know, stimulating the wealth effect in some fashion. So betting against the Fed is just a fool's errand in my view. And so, you know, when we think about managing money for our clients, you know, we think about the cash flow they're going to have in future years. That's how we manage risk. And at these levels, managing risk, there's more risk, in my mind, in fixed income currently than there actually is in dividend-paying stocks well, that the ability at, to pay dividends. Yeah, well, look what it did on Friday. Just the move alone from 0.66 to 0.77 is dramatic. I'm trying to 16%. do— 16 percent. Yeah, 16, 17 percent. I mean, that is an unbelievable move in the treasuries. And again, not to pound the table, but— this is absolutely a time to say what is in your portfolio, for example, and is it is it Home Depot or if it's not, if it's an energy stock, is it a bank stock? What is it doing there? If you have mutual funds, you know what you know, what are they invested in? This is what you need to know. The Federal Reserve is there. The Federal Reserve is not only going to lower interest rate, we're probably going to hear something in the Fed meeting about maybe asset purchases and the like. And so there will be monetary uh, issues as well that they'll come in, and as well as some fiscal, we're going to probably hear some uh, very pointed things about particular agencies. So this is far from over, not only the fear part of it, but what can happen with the monetary policy and fiscal policy, Mark. In the last 15 seconds, what people, what should people do? Well, I think it's time to take stock. You know, I, I think that when you get to the end of the show today, take a breath and think about wh- where you're invested and what you're invested in. You know, we, we sometimes run at people and they'll say, well, I have some fixed income and I have some equity. Fixed income is different, right? They're not all created equal bonds and preferred stocks are different. There are different interest rate sensitivities, different things going on. So if you've not done a portfolio review, like I said before, this is an excellent time to do that because right now there is an opportunity to reallocate your portfolio, really examine what sectors you're exposed to, and maybe make some changes in that portfolio. Uh, If you 
sprung forward with your clocks and you're not usually listening at this time and you like what you hear, we are Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only fiduciary, a Barron's Top Advisor, four-time member of the Financial Times Top 300, and again, a fee-only fiduciary partner. Head to AnnexWealth.com, click that Get Started button. We would be honored to help. The Annex Wealth Management Show, we will be back in a week. Have a good one on 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.